to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. I was not made to be subtle. And Dale Hummel. The problem with socialism is you often run out of other people's money. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan, it's a big news day. It's, it's, it's just, there's so much going on. Like, for you people that hate current events, just sign off now. Just <laughs> you better fast forward Just at least. get the hell out of here right now. Just leave. Leave. Because I got a lot of shit to talk about. So do we even address the George Floyd case? Well, we don't know. We're waiting on the verdict right now. Right now. Like, right now. Like, right now. So we, we may break in. So we're. We're going a little blind. Obviously, when this drops, you guys are going to be fully aware of it, but we are blind at the moment. I don't know about you. You're the one that had eye surgery. I'm not blind. I see perfectly well out of both. No, I'm I'm doing well. I can see up close with my left eye, and I can see in a distance with my right eye. I think I'm just going to call it good, not go have surgery on the right eye, and stop right here. Stop. Well, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. First off, last night, my president, Trump, gave the just (laughs) most glorious wonderful, calm, cool, collected, tempered interview that he's given since he came down that glorious escalator in Trump Tower to announce he was going to become the president of the United States. It was beautiful. 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 Are you done patting your president on the back? No, no, no. I miss him so much. I will always be the, one of the strongest supporters that I could ever possibly be of Trump. I miss him so much. I agree with you. Calm. It was a good interview. I, I, I believe it to be one of his best interviews he's had as well. It was definitely the best one since he announced he was running. Yes. I mean, now, I'm not saying it's the best interview he ever gave in his life, because I think that one was probably the Oprah one back in the early 90s. But like, since he decided to run for president, this was on. And everything he said was right. That That's what I loved about it the best. I'm going to insert myself here a little bit on, on that part. What? I, I want him to succeed in 2024. I want he's him running. to succeed. Yeah, he, he said he's I mean, he there is no question in my mind that he is running. And he all but said that last night. Yay! Which is great. There, there's not a better person on the planet to lead our country for various reasons. Because he's right about so many things. But what we need to accept here is he has to put himself in a better position to get elected. Okay? I think if he, he is not in the office, he does zero good. I, I think he has done a great job of putting himself in a better position to get elected by letting Biden be the president. I agree. No, I think that's, his bi- that's a, the biggest plus you could imagine. What if he what if he would just make a couple simple changes? Simple ones, Ryan. I think he could swing 10 points in the electorate if he just quit saying a couple things. Your problem is he says I I I whatever me, all Me 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 I I I biggest greatest okay, but he, historic see, all problem. of those things. Here is my issue. The man did all the things he says I I I me 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 about. And you know you try to change me every single day. You can't change the gay. You can't change Trump. We no, just, you're right. You, and I'm not saying no. I'm not saying that's right. Like we probably should change, but it's just not going to happen. 
And I, and I think that I agree with you that the things he's saying he did accomplish, and he is the only one, I think because of his personality, he can stand up to the media. He can do things. Nobody out there could take the criticism he's taken. So I don't think a person that maybe is willing to buffer a little bit or change a little bit maybe could take all the hits that he takes. But don't you think that if you would let somebody else tout some of those accomplishments, maybe as press secretary or Hannity when he's interviewing him, rather than than him saying, I, 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 me, me, me. I just know that there's a portion of the public out there that is more likely to vote for him if he would. And I want to do anything and everything possible to make sure he gets back in office because you Again, cannot find a person better suited to get us out of this shit. I don't disagree with one thing you're saying. I think that is absolutely right, but I am going to stick up for the man and say, you know, he did all that stuff almost single-handedly because even when he first started, the Republicans weren't with him. I mean, if we're just being real. Yes, but it resonates better coming from somebody else. Yeah, well, sometimes you just got to toot your own horn because the media <laughs> damn sure ain't going to do it. No, they're they're not. <laughs> I, I get it. I was happy. It made me feel good to to just listen to him that he's still involved, and I think he's he's definitely I talks think about he's having as influence. knowledgeable about what's going on right now as he ever was when he was in the White House. This man is. You, you would think this man would like wanted to like take a little break. I don't think he's taking a break. I think he's addicted, hooked, what, whatever it is that he is going to do everything possible to get back in that office. Period. Trump was glorious. Um. And again, we're on this George Floyd Chauvin case, whatever. But I need to talk to you about your sister, Maxine. Okay. I can talk to you about Maxine. I have an opinion on her. Your sister, Maxine. Now, this is the same bitch that when Trump first got elected, she told all her people, got on the news, that when you see somebody that works in the Trump administration, you need to get up in their face and push back on them and all this other stuff. That would now, be the same person. Yeah, yes, that's it her. Would. She's a good. That's she's, her. Same person, in case anybody's confused. I mean, she is a gem. Just a gem. No, but anyway. she is. Now she has decided to start this campaign about whatever the verdict in the George Floyd case is. It's not going to be good enough for her. So she wants the rioters and the protesters to become more confrontational. Yeah, time out. She not only wants that, she is traveling, traveled to Minnesota. Yes. To encourage the protesters to be more confrontational, to encourage them. We do not have enough looting and rioting going on in this country. This crazy bitch needs to go out and, and instigate more. Oh, She's crazy. She is absolutely crazy. I, I just can't. Know what she asked for when she got to Minnesota? She requested a police escort, probably got one. This is the same lady that would like to defund the police. Oh. But she wants the protection, but don't don't worry about the rest of the world. That's okay. <laughs> no, I'm, dude, like, I really dislike Camel Toe and Nancy Pelosi and AOC, but Maxine may win for me. I could not agree with you more. The fact that someone like Maxine Waters can be repeatedly elected to a high political office is... is not a positive reflection on the intelligence of our voting population. No. I just see her as an unintelligent person that does more harm than good for our country. It's that clear. I don't, how can not every single person in this country not read her as that? They impeach Trump twice, but nothing's going to happen to this bitch. No. And, and, and she's very open, blatant. The media's not, not jumping down her throat. 
I, I guess I'm going to go back to I'm disappointed in the people that continue to put her in office. She is what she is. It's the idiots that are putting her in office that allow her to continue to influence the direction our country goes. I'm out. So that, that was kind of my current event stuff. But yeah, I know you've got a lot. I think it plays into the whole race baiting crap. I mean, the elite left are using this race baiting tactic uh, to try to promote their agenda. It's, it's unacceptable. When you talk about the Georgia voting rules being changed, there's nothing there outside of having a person show their ID that's, that's negative. So you're, you're essentially saying the black population's incapable of getting an ID. I think that's being more racist and in bias that they are even insinuating things like that. I, I think it's a total opposite turnaround. Biden and his crazy ass left, AOC, all of the tribe, all of those. I think it's insulting if I'm in the black community, what they're accusing or assuming we can or cannot do. It's, it's crazy to me. It seems like they keep pushing this Jim Crow 2.0 propaganda just to continue to get their way. And nobody digs in deeper to find out, well, what, what did they change in Georgia about ha- being able to vote? And there's nothing there that isn't already in place in most of the states. So it's, it's crap. It's crap on top of crap. And I think at this point, as we, we go into that and it continues to feed off itself, you could be a martyr or a criminal right now. If you're a criminal of color, you can resist arrest. And if you get shot by a police officer, now you're a hero. It's that crazy right now. How could we eliminate this? We talked about this before. If we would simply not resist arrest, 99% of these incidents would not happen. It is that simple. I'm not saying there aren't a racist police officer out there that are going to do harm to a minority. I, I, I don't know if it's possible to ever eliminate all of them, but it is a very, very low portion, small portion. I think everything's being done to eliminate them that we can. And if we aren't, we should do more. But it's very simple. Do not resist arrest, and there's going to be less conflict. We did this last week, Dale. Just don't do anything to get arrested. Remember the speeding Same. In the traffic violations, we have saying. to make exceptions for some of those things. Uh-huh. While we're we're on things, what about the filibuster? Have you heard anything about a filibuster? No, I yeah, the filibuster's there, and it's like basically holding the fabric of America together right now. But when they do <laughs> get rid of it, then we're so I think we we have to address packing the Supreme Court, and it sounds like many on the left. Yeah, but if we do all this now, what are we going to talk about on Beyond the Circus, sir? Well, you've got to at least touch one. on it. You have to touch on it. How about just 10 seconds on it? Fine. Packing the Supreme Court. Biden has a commission to look into it. The extreme left, many of the senators and congressmen have come out and want four additional justices. Obviously four, so they have the majority. They're giving you every reason in the world saying that Trump already packed the court. The fact is there's been nine justices since 1869. I know President Roosevelt tried to change that, and it did not go well. But you keep hearing about the filibuster, and I think that's something that a lot of people maybe don't fully understand, but it's, it's a tactic used in the United States Senate to prevent a measure from being brought to a vote. So any senator can basically debate for an infinite amount of time on a particular bill, and with that being said, they can postpone it forever. However, if we get three-fifths of the senators to, to say, okay, it's time to call to a vote, 60 out of the 100, then it has to come to a vote. If they eliminate the filibuster, 
that number goes from 60 down to 50, and all of a sudden, the Democrats can push anything through that they so choose without any delay, without any hesitation. I don't even know that they'd have to have a debate. They just done. It's gone. But that's a very slippery slope to go down because once the Republicans have the majority, they can do the same thing. So if they eliminate the filibuster, all of a sudden they can pack the Supreme Court with simply a majority vote. And in the public's eye, the public understands majority. They don't even maybe completely comprehend that right now it's a three-fifths vote and they wouldn't know why you would need to be, make it three-fifths. But when they say all we're doing is saying majority wins, a lot of the, the, the public is going to say, well, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Majority wins. I'm out. We can talk about it more, but there's you could go forever on this. And it, if it happens, Ryan, it's going to be such a slippery slope. Anytime that one party changes control in the Senate, you could add four, five, six, however many more Supreme Court justices needed to have the majority. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm with I, I said the filibuster is holding together the fabric of America right now. If they decide to eliminate the filibuster, Lord. Uh, did you get your Johnson & Johnson vaccine? No, I did not get my Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I told you I only got one shot so far. And if it would have been Johnson & Johnson, you'd have been done. I wanted Johnson & Johnson. And guess what? The day I went, they took it off the market. <laughs> and and it looks like they've at least tied it to the blood clots. There have been seven. Six out of eight million. Yeah, seven confirmed, I think, at this point. They're throwing some European okay. results in there Seven as well. out of eight million. Do you know that's the same odds of getting eaten by a dinosaur that are extinct? I mean, considering the rare situation and, and the statistics of this, what they recommend, if it's any other medicant whatsoever, they simply put on their risk of side effects, a low risk, extreme low risk of side effects, such and such. And I think they're technically calling this cerebral venous sinus thrombolis. And it's, I, that means they get a blood clot in their brain. And, and, it, and I, I do not want to have one. I feel terrible for those people that do. But I think compared to a lot of other things, the odds of this are, are very, very low. And science still points to the fact that the overall benefits of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine outweigh the possible risk of the side effects. That's, that's where the science is on it. I'm going to kind of go with it. I had the Moderna vaccine. Ryan's had a vaccine and probably have several more before he ever gets done. Shut up. But uh, would you be opposed if Johnson & Johnson comes back on the market to taking that one, Ryan? No. No, I, no, I, I, I wouldn't either. I, I, I would like to take it just because it's one shot. But now, see, the problem is, I think, I, of course, Johnson Johnson hasn't announced anything. But, like, the other two, now it's now you got to have a booster shot next year. Did you know that? Yes. And I, and I, and I, and I think you're going to have to have it for all of them, to be honest. Once it's all said and done. I just can't imagine that that there won't be. See, some I'm not booster. just going to continue to go get shot up. Now it's just not going to happen. Now, I mean, I did this because I'm afraid about plane travel and all this other stuff. And like, I do think that the states and government are looking at the percentage of people that have had had one shot, have had two shots, etc., and that is going to determine some stuff on like how much back to normal we can get to. But I'm just not going to continue to go get shot up every year. 
I've never even had a flu shot. I understand, but I, I, I think that's the reality of it. That's where it's going to be good, bad, and different. And hopefully people can make that choice whether they want to or not. I, I think they'll be able to, but there's going to be a strong push to continue to get that booster. Did you see your ABC special? I bet you were front row. Did you have popcorn and all that stuff on the, the vaccine special? I try not to watch that network. They had a vaccination special. It was great from what I understand. I did not watch it. But I your favorite people terrible. were on there. They were the leaders, the Obamas, Mr. and Mrs. Yes, they were both, both on of there. them were on there. Oh, yes, both, both. Are and, these the same people that were telling you not to get the, the Trump vaccine a while ago? Right. Yeah. Now, since it's Biden's administration, now everybody got to get vaccinated. Got to get that shot. Because <laughs> it's but, a different shot. It's, it's a, they, went, they went and remade completely the vaccine, they recreated duh. the research. And yeah, Biden changed the That's, formula and now it's safe. Duh. But anyway, because the the problem is is that the African American, the Latino community, and a bunch of conservatives don't want to get shut up. So they had this ABC special, and they targeted those groups. I don't now, think I don't the know conservatives were up, listening. I don't know how the putting Obamas on there going to help the conservatives go get a no, shot. I'm just no, saying, no. but <laughs> that's what they did. But my favorite part of the highlight reel that I watched is, so, you know, like, the little co- the, the molecule of COVID-19, the little red furry thing, whatever, what it looks like, you know what I'm Correct. saying? Correct. Okay. So, they had a guy in a costume like that, all right? And they send him into this fake classroom with, like, six children, and he says... What do we say when someone says they don't want to get vaccinated? And simultaneously, these six children leap up from their school desk and say, you're going to die. That didn't happen. I swear to God, it did. I watched it. (laughs) That is insane. I just, you had to laugh or cry. I would have to cry. You had to laugh for cry. I, I, it was hysterical to me, but anyway. Yeah. Well, while we're on that, what about Fauci and his, his mask, no mask, and that 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 man? Oh, Fauci was on there too. Fauci was on there too. You're, you're all. Of, how did you miss this? All of your relatives were idiot. on there. Idiot. I'm surprised you weren't cast. I can't it. do it. I can't. I can't make myself. I can't do it. Cannot do it. Will not do it. Speaking of Biden, we might as well get this out of the way. Oh, good. Go ahead. You know the comment he made about the jury on the George Floyd case. Oh, shit. We already went over They better come back with the right verdict. Uh-huh. Basically saying where, where he believes it should be, if it comes back anything other than that, does that not give a little more encouragement to those that want to riot and loot? Loot everything and the Dollar General, the 7-Eleven? I argued with, this, with you for this for 30 minutes earlier. Now, first off, Trump gave his opinions on stuff like this all the time, and you never had a damn problem with it. Number two, just because Biden is the president doesn't mean he doesn't get to have an opinion. He about has things. to use some common it's sense. It's America. Do we realize what kind of riots and looting and what what state our country is in over, over this? They're going to riot and loot no matter what. Well, happens. he is encouraging it. In the it. next eight minutes, when this comes out, they're going to riot and loot regardless. He's going to come back guilty, at least on some of the charges. I assume all of the charges. If he's guilty, he's not going to be guilty enough for some people. No, I mean, even cut that man's head off and drag him by his feet 
headless torso through the streets and it would be enough for some people. And and maybe that's what he deserves. I'm not sitting in that jury. I don't know all the evidence. I don't know everything involved and you can listen to both sides of it. I don't know. And I don't want to pretend to know. If you just look at the video, yeah, he probably deserves to be strung up and, and whatever. But I do not have all the information. I was not sitting in the jury. I so I am I not. Listen. I am not going to give an opinion. I am not the president of the United States, but I do have some common sense that why would you want to throw fuel on a fire that is about to erupt to proportions that we've maybe never seen? And I'm going to explain this to you again. While what he said was he hopes the jury comes back with the correct verdict, that is different than your sister Maxine saying, go out there and be confrontational. Get in their faces. Push back on them. It is different, but it's going to have the That's exact same end violence. results. That okay. is going to cause the same end result. No. See, this yes. is wrong. Dude, no, you're no, wrong. You are wrong. No. Okay, yes. so then you would believe, if if you believe that, then you would believe that Trump incited all the violence at the Capitol. He didn't. What did he say that would incite that violence? What did Biden say that incited any violence? He said today? they should Not the a jury, damn thing. The jury should come back with the correct verdict as, as if he believes there is a correct verdict and it needs to be, be as such. To me, in a political position that he's in as the president, you don't need to say anything about it. And if you're going to try to say something like, I have faith that the jury is going to come back and, and that's our, our legal system. They've heard all the facts. They, they understand what's going on. They will come back with a verdict that they believe in. Leave it at that. There's not a whole lot of difference from what he said, but okay. But <laughs> let's I mean, move on. Yeah, you just don't like losing. We've got we've got two quick things we have to come up with. Okay. The Colorado Initiative, uh, oh, sixteen. God, I am so tired. I of don't people. care if you're tired. We've got to make a announcement because it's. Still, I am it's not still announcing there. anything else because no matter what I say about this damn thing, people, crazy people. On the social medias want to come for me. So, no, I'm not talking about it. Well, I will say it, and I hope they still come for you. I hope they do. Mm -mm. So the the Colorado Cattlemen's Association, along with five other livestock groups, have formed a coalition. Uh, Coloradoans for Animal Care is what they're calling themselves. They're challenging the title board or already challenged the title board, now planning to challenge the ballot initiative at the state Supreme Court, which is great. From what I can tell, it's not about the content that you can fight over. It's about the technical procedures to get this initiative on the ballot. And unfortunately, I think it's just following steps A, B, and C, and you're going to be able to get something on the ballot. That's where the law is incorrect in Colorado, and there should be something in place to stop any type of initiative like this from being put on the ballot. And not only that, the title board helps these private citizens word it. They they put it into a, a format that's that's acceptable. It's It's encouraging these kind of things to happen. And these kind of things are what will ruin the democracy as, as we know it. With that being said, the Colorado Cattlemen's Association, in coalition with the other livestock groups, they do have a website up. I believe you can donate at the Colorado Cattlemen's Association. I will put that link up prior to this episode dropping. So if you want to donate, you can do so by going to the Beyond the Ring Facebook page. There'll be a link there that will take you to the Colorado Cattlemen's Association. and. We've stated this many times. Ryan does not want to have to state it anymore. I cannot explain to you the seriousness or the nature of this from the standpoint that most of the other liberal states, if it's possible, in some states it won't be, but others it is possible, likely California, I would be surprised maybe right here in Illinois, that these initiatives can be put on the ballot 
And when they're put on the ballot as such, as it looks like it's going to happen in Colorado, it's very harmless wording and the damn thing's going to pass. And that will change agriculture as we know it. If those of you out there in grain production and other facets of agriculture, maybe not directly in livestock, guess what? This is going to impact your market just as strongly because when we don't have livestock out there to consume those forages and grains, there is no grain market to speak of. This is serious. I strongly encourage you to donate whatever you feel comfortable donating. And we will have that up on our Beyond the Ring Facebook page or at least be a link there for you. I agree with everything that Dell said. I just don't want one of you stupid, crazy people coming after me on social media anymore about any of this. I don't think it should pass. I think it could be the most devastating thing to every facet of agriculture that we have ever dealt with. I hope they get it stopped. I'm going to support the efforts. I tell you, if one more person tries to tell me what I do need to say and not need to say and put on social media, I'm, pro- I'm, I'm, it's not going to be good. Should we light the topic real quickly? Hmm? UFOs. Oh, sweet mother of mercy. I just want to make a statement. Would you like to make a retraction before I make this statement? No, I am not retracting jack shit because I have nothing to retract. Do you believe they exist? I have said before, and I don't know if UFOs exist because I, I believe there is another life form out there somewhere. I have never disagreed with that. And they are I'm a UFO. Whatever. Do they travel around in some kind of ship? Sure, they do. But. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. The Department of Defense has confirmed that the 2019 video captured is, is flying objects. They're not saying, they're saying it's authentic video that their, their pilots have taken and their, their person on the naval boat took. It's authentic. They're not saying it's a UFO, but if it's not, it's technology that we do not have access to. They've confirmed that. So it's either another country or it's a UFO. With that being said, they are continuing to investigate, but the Department of Defense will not provide any more details just because of security reasons. So there is something going on. Do I think it's a UFO? I don't know. Do I think it's another country that has that kind of technology? I hope not. I, 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 I would rather it was a UFO than that. I'd rather be in a UFO too. Yeah, we know we know where China and Russia is right now. If they had that kind of technology, wow, I, I don't know. Scary, very, so again, very scary. I don't know about UFOs, but I and I don't know if you call them aliens or whatever you want to call. Them. There is something out there in the world, in solar system, some other planet, something. Yes, there is another form of intelligent life somewhere out there. I have never said that's <laughs> not right. I have never whatever, so I don't have to retract shit. Fair enough. My youngest son explained to me that statistically, there has to be X number of other life forms. I think it's in the hundreds, even in our what we consider a local universe. He says the only way there is not those ships coming to interact with us, if, if the, the crazy odd chance, and it's one in billions, that we are the first life form and the others are still evolving. But it's it's crazy when you look at the statistics on, on something like that almost has to exist. Okay, you have anything else for current events? Lord, I don't know. I had so much to talk about and then you just went crazy on me. So I just I did. Know. We went off the deep end. Oh, okay. I Moving hope they on. come at you about these UFOs. No, I, why don't you get hate mail? 
I, you I talk about you... UFOs and aliens, and no one sends you hate mail. I try to do something for the good of animal agriculture, all agriculture in the United States of our country, America, and people come down. As, as you explained, hate mail. as you explained, I was unaware of the spam folder in Facebook messages, and I'm going to continue to be unaware of it. And then we'll be fine. I think everybody that likes the gay should send Dale hate. Great. Mail. Just Thank great. <laughs> okay. Our main topic of the day, expectations versus reality. Yes. What direction would you like to take this one, Ryan? Well, I don't know. Like, I just thought this was a good topic to bring up because I, I think probably one of the coolest and the best aspects of the junior livestock show industry, it is unique or different to a lot of other things that kids can be involved in because there are multiple levels of success involved in this. It's not just like when you're at a football game and one team wins and one team loses. Everybody goes into this with a different expectation is the word and goal and stuff like that. And so I think that no matter what you do, whether it's sports or one act play or stock showing that a child is not going to get as much from it as they could. If at some point they are not successful in it, because I, I don't, care if you don't have a competitive bone in your body, you still just don't want to get the shit beat out of you every single time you do something. No, I think you're you're right on track, Ryan. And and Holly and I have four children and each of them are very different. And our youngest son is not by any means the most competitive. And he can go and, and work with the goats or or lambs or pigs or whatever that his siblings may be showing, maybe he's showing and he doesn't mind doing that in the barn and feeding and, and helping out quite a bit. But when it comes time to show, he says, ah, my sisters probably do a better job. Just let them show them. Just not that competitive drive. But I promise you, he came home from a judging practice the other day and he said, dad, I, I haven't worked at this very hard, but I, I think I'm one of the better kids on the team. And, and the fact that he was recognized as that, there was a little more motivation to go win. And Ryan and I probably live in a, a very little box. And we're both the same when it comes to that competitiveness. And I, I think it was in our DNA. I, I don't, I'm sure maybe environment. I'm telling you, I, when people go eat, I want to be the first one done. I want to win at everything. <laughs> yes. I'm just telling you. Like, it doesn't even have to be announced as a contest. I make things a contest and don't tell people. And I still win at them. So, yeah, I am not normal on this level. No, whatsoever. and it's. And it's probably, and I'm, I am, I am right with him and I don't even like to admit it because it just is, it it. doesn't, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I want to succeed and, and sometimes to a fault. So, so don't, don't just assume that, that Ryan and I are going to guide you down this path. (laughs) That's that perfect little uh, yellow brick road. It just, no, -hmm. no, no, there's, there's, there's other things in there, but I like the fact that Ryan brings out that irregardless of that competitive spirit that you think that your child does or does not have, some success has to happen if, if they're going to, going to jump into the next level. And I think, I think there's, there's, there's some of that that's hard to explain and you may not think so, but I promise you when there's a little success there, you're at least opening that door for more passion to come involved and to get more interested in that project. Yeah. I mean, 
And again, I think everyone's definition of success and all this other stuff may be different. And I, I know children that just are not very competitive at all. I mean, not at all. But I promise you, they would rather do something well, even if it's not winning, but get praise or recognition for doing something well than just getting their teeth knocked in every damn week. And, and that so, that may and that may be just at their county show or a local jackpot show. Let's let's stand in the top half of the class and and maybe we define that as success. Right. Wow, we we're 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 doing better than we did last year. And I think this can go from somebody who's just starting out to somebody that's 18 and whatever. I think that we all need to set multiple goals for these kids, make these goals with them because it is their project and even though it is a family and an extended family that does it all set multiple goals yeah everybody's gonna have that one lofty one that's way up there that we may not get and that's fine because you need to dream big but also let's have a couple others that are attainable so if that's all we get done we've still accomplished something i think that's a that's a good way to look at it ryan because it's difficult you want to set those lofty goals and, and bust your butt to get to them, but we've got to make them realistic. And and I think setting levels is maybe a, a good option. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've said on this podcast before that talking about little kid showmen, and when I'm talking about little kid, I'm talking about like an eight, nine, 10 year old child. I was pretty different, and I was like, I'm going to go win major show when I'm eight was, next. Was? <laughs> yeah, I still am. And I did that, so I can say it can happen. I won the state fair, the very first major show I went to. I won it, so there. I did it. But, again, I don't think— That is not a good example. You're interrupting me. Continue. That was not realistic of me. And no one else in my group thought that was going to happen. And they thought I was crazy, which they still do. But I'm just saying, as far as like talking about little kids and stuff, it's probably not realistic to think that they're going to go out and be grand overall at a major show their very first year. And so, again, even if you're at the ultra competitive level and your daddy and your grandpa and your grandma and Everybody on both sides of your families has been involved in this your whole life. It's still probably a little unrealistic to have that be the only goal if you're a little kid. And so that's just an example. But I think that, again, if we set multiple levels so we have check marks of success throughout this, then it's going to make it more enjoyable for everyone. And once you get that, Kind of like Dale and his bucket list. Get that one checked off, then you move up to the next one and the next one and stuff like that. So it's a process, and you just continue to get bigger and badder and bolder and more successful. That's how I think it's the most beneficial for kids. That seems like a natural progression, and I think most families get that. I think sometimes when we're first coming into it, irregardless of the age of the the showman, that if there's been a lot of experience and or maybe no experience, it's hard to comprehend the level of competition. And I'm not 
just talking about national shows, but but state fairs, some of the jackpot shows, even some of the county shows are are deadly competitive. So it's 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 hard. It's it's harder. I'd like to address briefly some of the factors that maybe come into play to obtain the success. And maybe that explains why a younger child's going to have a harder time. Maybe that explains why that parent that maybe has been out of it for a few years coming back in, it's almost another, the basics are still there, but there's still a learning curve. And we start talking about the quality of animal you start with, the facility, um, your management practices in terms of feed, health, fitting, um, an understanding daily of care. judge. Yeah. Daily care. Understanding. We talked about one episode, fitting the judge, maybe targeting a show that's best going to suit that specific animal. I know in some parts of the country, we don't have a lot of choices. Maybe all we're going to go to is our County fair and whatever judge shows up. That's, that's who we're, we're going to have to go to. But if we decide we're going to jackpot shows, we can kind of pick and choose. And I think post COVID, we're going to continue to have more and more of those. And I think you're going to see more picking and choosing and those that are hiring judges are going to get smart to this. They're going to bring judges in that are more favorable to most of their exhibitors than not to continue to bring the numbers in as it becomes more competitive. So there's, there's a huge, huge learning curve here. And it's even, it's, it's daunting to explain how much it takes to get from one level. Let's say our goal is to, to succeed at the County fair. Let's try to get champion market hog or champion barrow. Two, three years down the road, we accomplish that. Let's bump up to the next level. Let's try to win one of these bigger jackpot shows, or maybe let's even shoot for state fair. That hurdle to jump even even into winning your county fair that took a couple of years of, of practice and getting back in the swing of things, the next level, the next jump is is so, so steep, it's hard for some people to understand. I think there's a mentality out there, if we buy a good enough one to start with, we're putting ourselves in a pretty good position to win. Wow, it goes it goes so much deeper than that. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And it is, I, and I and I, I, I know people don't want to hear that, but starting with one that has the capability of being one that can win on whatever level, that's the easy part, in my opinion. You almost and, have to start with that, and you still have to have A, B, C, D, and E right. all fall in line I, perfect. Right, and why I say that's the easy part is because I have been throughout this country, not only judging, but when I was brokering animals, you, you can find them that have that capability that are good enough are built, you know, all those things. They're out there. There are more of those animals out there than there is of the other things that it requires to get to the end result, if you understand what I'm saying, Dale. No, but I think that's easy. Now, you may not be able to afford that animal with your given budget, but they they do. The ones with the capability are out there. I do have a pet peeve that relates to that, though, right? Oh, Lord. Okay, as I scroll through online sales, oh, I, attend, Lord. I attend public auctions. Oh. How often do you hear a person trying to sell that animal, whether it's a sale manager, a broker, a breeder, or how often do you read in a write-up, this one's capable of hanging a banner at a national show? How many, Ryan? How many? A lot. <laughs> Lots. And do you know how many national shows there are? There's the majors, and then well, we did a top ten list, and that covered most of them, not all of them. But there, let's say there's less than twenty. Would you agree with that? Oh, way less than twenty. And <laughs> if you don't live less. in Texas, way less than ten. Yeah, you just you just you just cut it in half. <laughs> half. 
I mean, so, if you don't live in Texas, you go way left. And we can go back to what Ryan says. A lot of animals have the, the, the capability of getting that done if everything comes into play. But I promise you this, this statement that this one can win a national show and maybe not being as honest with that buyer as, as you should be tends to, to give expectations to that family that are higher than what, what is realistic. And I think as a breeder or a broker selling those animals long-term, don't you think you're better off being honest with that family so they can actually, you can discuss their goals and try to fit an animal that meets those goals rather than saying, well, this one can win a national show and all you've got to do is go win your state fair and it doesn't happen. They're going to be disappointed. They're setting unrealistic expectations. And I think part of it starts with that person trying to sell that animal and and everybody's guilty of it is, is setting that bar a little too high. They're saying, well, if you do this and if you do that, everything's going to come into play. If you get the right judge, you can win this national show. Maybe, but I think we, we overuse and we over push that. And consequently we give families false expectations. And after two or three years that that family doesn't meet those expectations, it's going to be hard for them to continue. I think it's detrimental to our industry not to be a little more realistic and honest about where this animal fits in or where we think he's going to fit in or she into that that show. Maybe this one's just meant to be a, a county fair animal. Let's tell the family that. If that's all they're doing, going to the county fair, that's great. They know this is the this is the quality of animal that that should represent them well at a county fair. If winning their state fair is their goal, then then let's step our game way up. And and maybe we don't have that animal to sell, and it is what it is. But I think if we're honest and upfront with these families, they have more realistic expectations. They meet those goals that Ryan talked about. They're more likely to get more out of the stock show industry. They're more likely to continue in it. They're more likely to buy more animals from you down the road. There's my pet peeve. I'm done. Um, but do you know why this is your pet peeve? There's two I, main reasons. But I I I don't know. Frustration. Right. No, because part of, part of it is I deal with the families that that have that come to me sometimes with unrealistic goals, and 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 the fact that they have that young showman, or so many so many reasons that I, I just witness families that that go out and buy one that they're just sure this one's going to go win a national show, and the odds just I mean I don't care how good it is, I don't care how well you do managing that, the odds are not in your favor. Well, that's just depressing, but can I it finish is. my statement now? Go ahead. So the reason that you, why this is your pet peeve is one of two reasons. Number one is you are probably one of the most pessimistic people I know about the own animals that you raise. And if anybody actually read the write-ups that you put out for the goats you sell, I can't believe anybody buys any of them, but they do all the time because- well, when there when there's one that's not not meant to go to a national show or at least not going to compete, you better tell them that. Uh, and you, there is no doubt you do, sir. No doubt. And so, because you are so honest and forthright on your write ups, I think this is part of the reason that this is one of your issues. Probably, I think the the reason that it's got to the point that it is. And this is going to be real unpopular with some people, especially the people that are doing this for a living. It has been my experience that it is a lot more difficult when someone is standing there 
face to face with you, looking you in the eye, that it's more difficult to lie or embellish then. I don't think people realize the number or the amount or the percentage of stock show animals that are bought online sales, videos, text, over the phone. So that one-on-one interaction when you're standing there in front of that person, it's not there nearly as much. I'd say it's reduced by at least half, if not more. Oh, I think it's significantly more. I'd be interested to know just what percent of these show animals are sold via online or are not in person. And so it's a lot easier to sit behind a keyboard and say so. And I don't, again, I don't think it's malicious at all times than it would be to tell Joe Blow standing there in your driveway at your barn, oh, you bet that one can win a national show. That's just my opinion on it. No, I think you're, I think you've hit it right. I just, and you, it's good to be optimistic. I think being a There's positive a person is great. There's a big difference in optimism. You were a little pessimistic. There is. There's a difference in being well, optimistic it's, and it's hard. I know delusional. When we, when we sell one for a lot of money, I feel the pressure that I've got to help this family and we've got to make sure that everything is done right because I want them to have every single chance to succeed because they just put a lot of money into this. And usually when that happens, expectations are pretty high. Don't trust me. You talk and, to me about it every damn day. I understand. It is. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's uh, so yeah. I, I guess the big, the, the big picture is I want the stock show families to progress and continue to move up those goals. But I think if, if we mislead them for two or three years consecutively, you're very unlikely to keep that family in the stock show business. And I, I want, I want longevity from these families. I want those kids to truly experience that progression. And you could be like Ryan and win that state fair your first year. And I'm very guilty. My my kids didn't get to show a lot locally. We allowed them to show at their state fair and now kind of even, even avoiding that a little bit. But I didn't want to go out and compete against animals that we sold. So we'd only go to the national shows. And that's difficult because my older two kids, they would only get to show two or three times a year, maybe four times if we hit everything. And that's not good either, especially when, when I've got it. My youngest daughter wins Louisville the first year she's eligible. That's maybe not a good place to start because what motivates you to, to, to go higher? Where are you going to go that's higher than that? Just like you winning State Fair, it created a monster, Ryan. An absolute monster. I think I was a monster before I won. But, I mean, it didn't help. You, I it didn't help. I would it damn sure didn't help. I do visit with your mother, and she would confirm that, I mean, so fast. Yeah, I think I was already there anyway, but that damn sure did progress things in my direction a whole lot further. But I think it did. Do you think we've gone into deep enough when we, we talk about our expectations versus reality, just how difficult it is and in, in the, the art of feeding and in, in it's almost to the point where you better have somebody that's darn experienced actually in that barn with you, or you're the one doing it. You're watching how aggressive they go to feed. You're watching what their, their feed and water intake is. You're watching them develop. I will go down to the barn every day, Ryan, and I, it sounds crazy, but I'm probably making a change in feed or exercise or something more often than not. And, and I'm talking every couple of days, I'm, I'm changing something because I'm, I'm trying to adjust to, to change something in that animal. And that's, that's more of an art and it's very difficult for people to understand. 
I can give a protocol that says, here's what you probably should do. But unless you're there every single day and watching that animal, you're not going to get it perfect. And to win one of these big ones, it has to be as close to perfect as possible. No, I agree with that completely. And I, and I guess, like I said, the animals tip the iceberg, but then the feeding, the daily care. And, and you know, feeding is an art for a lot of people. And that that's something that I don't think you can teach that. Or if you, if, if you can teach it, I shouldn't say that. You can teach it, but it can't be taught in a week. It's over a process of years teaching people the art of feeding different species. Would you agree with that? It would. And I think it's, I think a lot of it is, is self-learned just your experience. A lot of it is, but self-learned, but like Dale, if I came and spent six months at your house and went out there with you every single day, would I learn a great deal about how to feed a goat and what to do? Would absolutely. I still wouldn't be as good as you at it. Probably because it it would just take longer because every scenario that you're going to come across in the span of a 10 year plus show career is not going to happen in six months. No, I think, I think you're right. And, and that, and that's, that's, I think there's a little bit of beauty in that, that you have something to look forward each year, you know, you're going to be capable of doing a better job across, across everything, feeding, fitting, showmanship, all, all of those things. Right. And go back to just a minute to that kid. No one knows your kid better than the parents do. And most, a lot of families have multiple kids. Dale's got 15 or 20. I can't remember. I can't keep up with all their names. But, like, they're all different. Like you said, youngest boy, not as competitive. I know his oldest daughter very well. She's extremely competitive. So... When you know your kids that well, I think the biggest mistake that we make in this expectations versus reality game, and I know this is going to sound, a lot of people aren't going to be able to take this real well because I'm not a parent per se, is we just have this goal, and it's the same for every kid in that barn, but those kids aren't the same. If you've got one that's an eager beaver and a pusher and eats, lives, breathes, sleeps this, their goals need to be probably a little more advanced and a little more lofty than the one that, you know, when they go to the show, they like their animals and they like feeding them and all this other stuff. But they also like to go outside and play football and catch and all this other stuff. And so I think that if we would take some time and get our expectations and our goals for individual kids more, then I think that will help a lot. Because again, you want them to have a good time. You want them to succeed. You want it to be a positive experience. So they will continue on this because it's not just accomplishing something, but even the kids that aren't just enthralled in this, they learn so many things that they don't realize that they're learning while going through all this that's going to help them when they have to become an adult. You want them to stay involved so they can learn as much of those other things that are side benefits of this program as we can. And so I think we need to tailor those goals and those expectations 
to those individual kids as much as possible. Because plainly put, the reality for a kid like Ryan Rash, the expectations in reality for a kid like Ryan Rash compared to my brother, there's no way in hell they needed to be the same. But yet that's how my parents raised us. Ryan, that's that's probably as well stated as anything you've had since the beginning. That was awesome. That needs to resonate. And and I know some peop some parents get it. Um, and some probably are 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 wanting that one child that maybe isn't as interested in being in the bar and want them down there more and want to set those same goals. And sometimes maybe they're not interested to begin with, and sometimes they do become more interested. And like my youngest son, maybe a little bit of success in, in one area or another, maybe that that lights that fire and he becomes more passionate about that particular topic. But I think it's human nature, and I, I've watched him. He's interested in Greek mythology because he's very well-versed in it. Things that you succeed in tend to be the things that you develop that passion or have that passion for, and, and it just snowballs off itself. So just because that, that child doesn't start out with that burning desire, some of them do grow into it and some become more competitive with age. Some are just there, period. They're, they're there. We, we used to joke, my wife and I, when our youngest daughter, Katie, would we'd get out of the vehicle to go to dang Walmart. Guess who's got to be the first one to the door? Kind of like Ryan. She didn't say a word about it. But if you'd start walking a little faster, guess what, Ryan? You ain't going to beat me to the door either. No, <laughs> you ain't going to no. beat her to the door either. I'm telling you, it the just only, is what it is. I, like, I, I lose very few walking competitions. Callie's mother might be the only <laughs> one because she can scoot. But I mean, like, no, yeah, no. And it's not good. And then the other thing that I want to touch on about this, one thing that I think if you are a family that has multiple kids, I can't tell you how many times I have heard this over and over and over again. When that first kid gets done and goes to college, and like I know some kids show in college, but it's not, they're not there every day in the barn with the other kids. It's different. And I'm not saying that they aren't deserving or anything, but it's a different realization at home. I can't tell you. I mean, well, you have no idea since XYZ went to college how. Little Lucy has just become a different human being. And a lot of that is because younger kids, and I was the youngest in my family. Again, I'm not normal, so this doesn't apply to me. But younger kids automatically, a lot of times, think the oldest one is going to get the best, the most, the greatest. They're going to push for that one the most because they're running out of years and stuff like that. As soon as they're gone... A lot of times stuff changes. And so there is that part of it too. I, I like watching those kids, the ones that I helped, when their older sibling left and they would just become a different showman, a different human being, a different kid. Because like a lot of times you could tell and sometimes it was just an absolute shock and surprise to me. But that happens a great deal too. No, I think so a lot. It's interesting that younger one, may even get to the point where that confidence or, or that level of, of being a little bit more cocky that, hey, I'm doing a better job than what my mm -hmm. older sibling did. Absolutely. It's interesting to watch that develop, and it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I think the biggest thing in all this is make sure that your expectations and reality are as close as we can get them to be. 
try to get them as close as humanly possible without being like a dream crusher, I guess, because I think that is the most beneficial for everybody. I think so. And if you're going to set those expectations pretty high and, and maybe you're not as experienced yet, you better do everything possible to bring in whatever help, whatever yep. guidance. I mean, it's just hard. Find the person so if you, if, that does this for a living that has been there and wants to help those people do it. Cause there are people out there like that. And it's not just that you have to buy annals from them. There are people out there that are consultants and all kinds of stuff like that, that do this. And so if you're going to have those super high skyrocketing goals, it takes more than a village these days. I'm just saying. It's it's a challenge, and it's interesting when I when I reflect back on a lot of the different families that we sell to. There's a lot of different goals and expectations everywhere from somebody just starting that wants to go to their county fair and participate and learn this year, and maybe next year try to try to win that county fair. To some that are their goals or their jackpots and state fair. To others that they they at this point they want to focus on trying to win a division or win the entire national shows or a major in, in Texas or OYE in Oklahoma. And it, it is interesting that I find I'm really drawn to those families that come to me with a, with a goal. And it doesn't matter if it's a county fair or a national show. I'm as attracted to, the, to them the same as long as they have, this is my goal. These are my expectations. How can you help facilitate that? And when they come to me with that approach, I go above and beyond to try to make sure that happens for them. And, and especially if they're doing what they need to do on their end, following protocols and checking in with pictures or FaceTime or whatever that may be, the more realistic they are about that, the more I want to help them succeed. I get that completely because like I said, when I was brokering show steers and heifers, obviously I did not do that to make money whatsoever at all. In fact, none of those families ever wrote me a check. They wrote checks to whoever... We bought them from, but I guess I could be pick and choose on stuff. And so, so then there would be those families that would walk up and they're like, we want to have a breed champion at a major show, or we want to win our county fair. And, and they knew exactly what they wanted to accomplish. Those were the people that I was drawn to because they, I was like, these people are motivated. They they already have in their mind what they want to do. And so I would then say, it's a great goal. This is what I think. These are the things that we're going to have to do to accomplish that. Are you with me? Those are the families that I dealt with. Those are the families that I had success with. And those are the families that made it fun. So I understand completely what you're saying. I, I am all there. Anything that you have uh, kind of summarize this, Ryan, are you ready for your favorite portion? I think probably the biggest summary, and I said this already just a couple of months ago, was but you need to dream big. You need to have big goals. I think if we set multiple goals that, you know, ones that were pretty, one, at least one that, you know what, we're confident, 100% confident that's going to happen. And we can check that off this year. And then work up. I think that's good. I do think it is hard for every family to be realistic in a lot of ways about things. 
But take a deep breath and really evaluate your situation from the amount of money that you have to spend, from the time that you're going to be able to put in this. Are you going to be able to get help from other people, whether it's the person you bought the animal from? Can you hire other people to help you? All of those things, take all of those things into account and try to be as realistic as possible and set those goals and expectations and try to make them as close to reality as you can. And I think that it's just going to be beneficial for everyone involved. Amen. I'm right there. Now it's Q&A. Yay. And you will be thankful that Pope Joy Livestock Transportation has been willing to sponsor I'm going to have to talk to these people. Today. They need to sponsor a different segment. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to. You can find Pope Joy Livestock on Facebook, uh, making trips from Midwest to California on a fairly regular basis, down from, I guess, Indiana into the south, or excuse me, the southeast on occasion. But please give Pope Joy Livestock a call if you're trying to get show prospects from one point to another. They're more than happy to accommodate if at all possible. I've had a great experience with them. Facebook, Pope Joy Livestock Transportation. Thank you to them for sponsoring this. Your first question, Ryan, is from Eric. And it's about your favorite, Initiative 16 in Colorado. Do you feel major packers will be forced to take on the majority of the financial burden to fight this initiative? I mean, yeah, they're going to have to play a big part of it, but I don't think it just stops there. Uh, I think when we talked about this in current events, I, I am a little pissy over all the people that are contacting me on social media, but that doesn't change the importance of this. And I think if you're involved in agriculture in any way, in any state, this has possibility of catastrophic effects for all of you. It doesn't matter for what portion of agriculture you're in. Because it's a very intricate spider web all the way around. So, yeah, Packers are going to have to fight it. Everybody has to fight it. I mean, every single person, just like you were talking about the grain people. I know people think that, oh, well, it's just Colorado and they're a bunch of crazy liberals. But if this passes in Colorado, they're not going to stop there. They're going to pick the next liberal state that they think they can get this passed on. And then the next one and the next one and the next one. And yes, there are some states that they won't even attempt. But it won't matter because even those states are going to feel the effect of this. It's going to be hit hard and. I think even if the average consumer that's not directly involved in agriculture understood what this is going to do to the food chain and to the price of food, it's unbelievable. I can't even imagine that they can get away with the title they have going on the ballot as misleading as it is. And at this point, I don't think that can be changed. I hope the state Supreme Court does change that. I don't know that it's going to happen. If it goes through the state Supreme Court without changes, 126,000 signatures later, which they will get, I, I feel very unfortunately comfortable that they will get the signatures, then it goes on the ballot. At this point, every dollar that we can funnel into Colorado to educate, the battle is now to educate the voting populace in Colorado. 
that is a very, very steep hill to climb. But there is no other way around it. And I promise you, I cannot emphasize this enough. We, as an agriculture community, every facet of agriculture, do not, we cannot let this happen. It can't happen. Please donate. Please become active. Do anything you possibly can because it's serious and it will spread and it is devastating to agriculture as we know it. Question two comes from Justin. Dale and Ryan, I started listening to your podcast when someone I knew shared the county fair mentality episode and have been listening ever since. I have one comment and one question for you this week. My comment is that I am one of those people who didn't want to listen to current events when I started listening to your podcast. Boo! Mainly because, <laughs> mainly because I was burned out with national politics in January. I have grown to love your current events and want to say thank you for doing them. My question is, what advice would you give to someone who's considering starting a podcast? I have an idea for a podcast I want to start. Thank you for your podcast. Hire Clifton. That is <laughs> that my advice. My exact- that was my exact answer. You you have to find somebody. No, that's not been somebody Clifton doing a podcast. No, wait, no, Clifton. don't hire I don't Clifton because he barely fits yes, us in you, now. You really, Never mind. Do not yes. hire Clifton. Find Cancel. somebody else. Cancel Clifton. <laughs> Bad. He doesn't exist. He's gone. Find somebody that's been in. Clifton. Yeah, I don't know. Find somebody that's been in the business, and you can do a Google search. I know when I I, I came into this very blind, and I started searching. The internet, I found several. There's lots of companies out there that will set you up with the equipment. They'll train you to do the editing or do it for you, and it's all packaged and bundled together. Most of those that you'll find on the internet are going to be a little more corporate. Um, some individuals that are doing it. I was very fortunate that I had a a friend that I that is in the audio business that I just for some reason asked, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you have any suggestions?" And boom, he sent us to somebody. I don't remember who. But but that person is kind of taking care of all this. Ryan and I just get on here and talk. That's all we have to do. And it's wonderful. And I have to come up with topics. And Dale gets and to Ryan pick questions and topics. answers. <laughs> it just works. It just really works. Okay, so so Justin, I encourage you to to jump in there. I think you can go online, ask others, find somebody that's that's doing a podcast. Maybe their producer or person that's helped them can can help you as well. Ours is too busy, too full can't go that direction we just don't share well no terrible about it we don't share well just what dale says because i'm telling you i st- like i get asked a lot of things about what equipment do you use what is it <laughs> i don't know but i got a purple and pink microphone and headset and um that's kind of all i know i mean i call this one thing the silver box i don't know what that is but yeah so I am clearly clueless, and I know that people think, oh, he just doesn't want to share his info. No, I know nothing. I know when Dale sent me a microphone and headphones, it was solid white and plain, so I told Clifton, I said, I need some color in my life. Can you tell me where to find this? And he sent me a website, and I ordered it. So that's the extent (laughs) of my knowledge of equipment. I sign on to the little thing every week, and I talk, and I yell at Dale. And that's about it. So, yeah, I know nothing, but I do think that uh, if you're interested in it, you need to find somebody that does this is like professional and they can guide you and make it real easy. Because if I can do it, anybody can do it. 
it's really not that difficult. There's, there's nothing challenging about it if you have a, a person that can guide you. We have one more question and answer, Ryan. Uh, We're going to do three this week. Uh, Tamara. And this was, I think she addressed it as being maybe a, a whole discussion topic. I chose to just throw it in question and answer. Why do some judges seem to have a problem picking a certain breed of cattle to win overall grand? I can tell you real simple. They are scared. <laughs> I mean, like, there's very few people out there that are going to do things like I do, like put a mini Hereford in the top five, use a Bromster to win a steer show, all this other stuff, because they're scared. They don't think that that's what 99.9% of the judges do, and they're not willing to, like, step out there and be an individual. And so, yeah, a lot of it is being scared. Also, I don't care what species this is. This could be cattle. I'd say 90% of the time, everybody thinks the crossbred's going to win. Period. Crossbred hog, crossbred sheep, crossbred steer. Uh, that's just how it's going to happen. Of course, all the goats are crossbred, so they're just shown in division. But, uh, yeah, but I I look at judging much differently than everyone else does, obviously. And I, I do state this uh, sometimes in the grand drives. Uh, when I go to select a supreme of any species, there's three different priorities or criteria that I run through this crazy brain of mine. And first and foremost is which one just looks the very best on that day in that ring. Number two is which one is the best for their breed that would have the most success if you were at a national breed show where that animal was showing against similar genetics in peers and contemporaries. Which one out of that ring would do the best at one of those events? And finally, which one would I take home? Because I like to win these shows as much as I like to judge them. And those are the things that roll around in my head and I come up with what I want to do. But I don't think very many judges do take into consideration that number two. I think everybody, which one looks the best in the ring? And I think a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people like, well, I could win more with this one than I could that one. But the number two part, I don't think a whole lot of judges take that into consideration. And it is something that I have always, from my very first started judging, that has always been a huge thing in terms of what I consider in picking a grand reserve overall. I love it. I think it's an excellent explanation. Ryan, before we conclude, we probably ought to bring the the breaking news just so it sounds... It makes more sense when this is dropped. Yeah. Would you like to do uh, that? Well, I've, I'm trying to follow on my phone here. All I know is that, like, Chauvin has been found guilty for second and third degree murder? Correct. And that's all that was, I, to my knowledge, that their first degree wasn't, wasn't on the, the tablet. So he's been found guilty at the highest level that was presented to the jury. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's been taken out of the courtroom in cuffs. So the jury has convicted him at the, the highest level that, that was presented by the prosecutor. This episode does not drop until late Thursday night. It is my hope that there aren't riots. Looting is not taking place. Justice was served. My fear is it won't matter. 
No, I told you that at the start. There's going to be a certain section of the population that unless that man's beheaded, then it's not going to be enough. But And and with <clears> that, don't they just want an excuse to go get free shit? Oh, well, yeah, some of them are that. But I also think that there is a— Some of them. Some of them. No. I, I saw hundreds no, of them. No, I think some of them, they don't care about the case. It's just about looting. But— I do. Yes. And you want me to know what you want to know what I think should be done with those I people that are looting that store that had Jesus nothing to do with anything? I could tell you if you'd like. Yes, still, but you want to shoot them. No, it wouldn't. It would not be popular with sight. My bigger point. It'd be, it'd be cheaper than than arresting them, though. My bigger point is, I, I'm not talking about the people that are rioting, looting, whatever. I think there's a certain percentage of the population that really will not be satisfied unless this man is put to death. And I, I'm not agreeing with that, but I, I, this case is that controversial. It has struck a nerve so deep with so many people that I, I really do believe that. I'm not saying it's a big portion of the population, but I do think there is some that... And I, and I don't even know if that satisfies it. I don't know that there is a solution. But... Unfortunately. Since he was found guilty on second and third degree murder, it was on the first day of deliberation. Hopefully, that will give as much peace as possible to come from this god-awful, unfortunate situation. But what I care about more than that is I hope that George Floyd's family finds peace with this verdict. I doubt that Maxine Waters is going to find peace. No, Maxine's not, but Maxine, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Maxine's not out looting. <laughs> I don't know what she, she needs to loot for a new wig. The same punishment applies to her in my she mind. She needs to loot for a for new looting. wig if she's out there looting, but anyway. She needs a lot of things. Uh, I can't. Those of you in her district should be ashamed. Well, not if they didn't vote for her. Well, they damn sure better went out there and voted for Whoever is opposing her. I agree with that. If you did not accomplish that and you're listening right now, I would like a a Facebook message apologizing (laughs) for your actions. He won't read them because he doesn't check his spam folders. (laughs) Ryan, it's been a good episode. Thank you for another great topic. Um, Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now, you hear?